Welcome to Gospel Truth with Andrew Womack, a teaching ministry that focuses on God's unconditional love and grace. Some of the things that he was explaining was just so simple, but it was truth that just hit right home. He's changed my life. He's changed my walk. I have a hunger for God now that I've never had before. And this is just the beginning. And now, here's Andrew. Welcome to our Wednesday's broadcast of the Gospel Truth. Today, I'm continuing to teach on living in God's best. Got a book out on this. And then we have CDs and DVDs. And I tell you, this is a powerful teaching. I've spent the first six or seven days just basically saying that God wants us to experience His best more than we want it. But one of the biggest problems is we settle for less. We aren't really pushing. We aren't striving. We aren't stretching for God's best. People tend to be lazy, and that may not even be the right word. Sometimes it's just complacent. But we tend to settle for less than God's best. So the very first thing I was saying is that you have to get a holy dissatisfaction with being just normal like everybody else, as sick as everybody else, as poor as everybody else, as in debt as everybody else, as depressed as everybody else, as mediocre as everybody else. You got to get out of that. And you got to have a holy dissatisfaction and get to where you're looking for something more. And then I began to talk about illustrating this, that we settle for financial problems. We settle for debt. We settle for sickness. We just manage and accept sickness instead of walking in God's health. We settle for less than God's love. We settle for lust. We settle for just getting along and not really being in love and walking in God's kind of love the way we should. So all of that was in the first segment, just talking about how that we have to activate God's best in our life. He wants it. His eyes are going to and fro throughout the whole earth, seeking to show himself strong in behalf of those who are perfect in his sight. But we have to have a positive response to that. And then I started talking about the difference between God's uh, blessing coming upon us and receiving a miracle from God. These are two different ways that God can meet our needs is through a miracle and through a blessing. And God's best is a, a blessing, not a miracle. Now that comes as a strong statement to some people because I know especially a lot of spirit-filled people, man, I believe in miracles. Well, I do too. And I've experienced a lot of miracles and I've seen a lot of miracles happen through me as I pray for people. And miracles are good. And if you're in a crisis situation and there's no other way out, a miracle might be the best thing for you at that moment. But overall, a blessing is the God's best. And what I began to establish yesterday out of Genesis chapter 1, when God created the heavens and the earth and mankind and the animal creation and everything, He said it was very good. It was perfect. And He does not want to change the laws of nature and spiritual laws. He created everything perfectly. And our, our real key is learning how to cooperate with the laws of God. But a miracle, by definition, is a superseding or a suspension of natural law. Like when Peter walked on the water, that's against the way God created water to function. This wasn't normal. This wasn't a blessing. This wasn't working within the natural realm that he created. It was a superseding or a suspension of natural law. 
Did you know when Moses parted the Red Sea, that isn't normal for the sea to just part and then them go through on dry ground. That was an absolute miracle. When the manna came, that was a miracle. I've had people, I actually heard a guy one time try and explain away manna and say that it wasn't a miracle. It was the secretion of a beetle, <laughs> which, man, I don't know where he gets that from. It sure would have taken a lot of beetles to secrete all of this manna to feed millions of people and their animals and things like this. It just doesn't make sense. Plus, you add to this in the Exodus, the 16th chapter, that they went out and gathered a certain amount. It was prescribed to gather an omer every day. And if they gathered it exactly what God said, it was fine. But if they gathered more, afraid that there wouldn't be any manna on the next day, that manna would breed worms and it would stink. But then on the sixth day, because the Sabbath was coming up and God told them to rest, they could gather twice as much on the sixth day and it wouldn't breed worms and it wouldn't stink. There was nothing about it that was normal. It was supernatural. Matter of fact, I think it says men did eat angels' food. This wasn't normal. It wasn't natural. It was supernatural. And it came for 40 years, and then it was over. And you know what? Even though God did that, you can't make a miracle happen. You can make a blessing happen. You can make what God has already provided through His atonement and the power that He's placed on the inside of us. You can make the blessing of God manifest, but you cannot make a miracle happen. Now, you can position yourself for a miracle. You can believe, and I've received miracles, but I just can't make them happen. Let me give you some contrast between a blessing and a miracle. For instance, a, a miracle, since it's a superseding of natural laws and God created natural laws and He said that they were good, He's not going to violate these natural laws or suspend them just indiscriminately. You have to be in a crisis situation before you're going to get a miracle. Like the children of Israel were at the Red Sea and Pharaoh was coming down and if God didn't do something, they were going to be destroyed. This was a crisis situation and so they had a miracle. When the manna came, they were in the desert and there was millions and millions of Jews plus all of their cattle, livestock. How did, you know, they were in a crisis situation. There wasn't a, a Walmart. There wasn't a grocery store anywhere. They couldn't go down and just buy something. They were in a situation where they were all going to die if something didn't happen. So God gave them a miracle. So here's one of the differences between a miracle and a blessing. Before you can receive a miracle, you've got to have a crisis. In contrast to that, the blessing of God will prevent a crisis. Now that's huge. This is just one of the differences. And this very first thing I'm mentioning is enough reason that if you understood it, you ought to get out of just walking in the miracles and get to where you're walking in the blessings of God. Because if you're going to live from miracle to miracle, you're going to live from crisis to crisis. That's amazing. You know, I've experienced this myself. I've seen many other people experience it that because they aren't cooperating with the natural and spiritual laws that God created, they are in a crisis situation. And because they love God, they cry out to God, and God comes through with a miracle. But it is a superseding 
are a suspension of natural laws. It's only temporary. It's not going to be a permanent thing because God created all of these natural laws for us. And even though he can change them, people can walk on water, uh, water can part, manna can fall, you know, fire can fall from heaven and things like this. This is not normal. This is not the way God created it to be. And it's not the way he wants it to operate that way. He created the earth that if we would learn how to cooperate with it, we won't need a miracle. But because we live in a fallen world, sometimes it's not even our own fault. It's, a, it's other people around us. We get into situations where we need a miracle. And so, you know what? Miracles do come. I've experienced it. On our program yesterday, I explained that how when I first got started, I thought that it was sin for a minister to work a secular job. If I was called to the ministry, then I ought to be totally 100% committed to it. It might have been a good attitude to want to serve God full time. But when I wasn't ministering to anybody, I had five people come into a Bible study. I shouldn't have expected to live full time and pay my way and my wife and our family and all of these things out of five people. That's, that's not right. And I use these scripture. I'm not going to go back over it, but first... Uh, Corinthians chapter 9, those that preach the gospel should live of the gospel. It's proportional. I didn't understand that. And because of it, I was violating spiritual law. I was violating what the Word says. Plus, I just wasn't working. And if a man doesn't work, neither should he eat. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 10. And so I was, because of that, we were in crisis and we had God miraculously I mean miraculously supply our needs for about four or five years until my ministry finally grew to a place to where, you know, I could minister to people. And the scripture says that if you're preaching the gospel, you can live of the gospel. That if a person sows to you spiritual things, then they should reap back your financial things. So th that is a spiritual law. And once my ministry got to where I was ministering to a number of people, then it was appropriate for me to be full-time and to work full-time in the ministry. But until that time, I should have been working a job. I was violating natural and spiritual law, and I lived from crisis to crisis. We would have God miraculously supply our needs. I mean, it wasn't normal. It was abnormal. It was outside of just normal things. But because I had a systemic problem, you know, some people don't know what systemic means, but that means that there's a root problem. Like if you go and cut a plant off at the ground level, uh, you could say, well, that thing's gone. But no, you left the roots in the ground and that thing will grow again and it'll come back. That's a systemic problem. It's something that is, uh, it's not the maybe the, the uh, circumstance that you're dealing with may not be the problem. It could be something else below the surface. It could be something that caused that to happen. And this is what happens with a lot of people. They get into a crisis situation because they weren't following spiritual and natural laws. And they're in this crisis. And because they love God, God meets their needs. But then next month, next year, they're in the same situation again because they had a systemic problem, a problem that was below the surface that they didn't deal with. See, this is what was wrong with me. I wasn't doing what God's Word says. If you don't work, you don't eat. God, put your hand to something. God will bless what you put your hand into. I wasn't working and God couldn't bless it. I couldn't receive through the blessing. I had to have a miracle and I did have miracles. I had God 
run my car when it was out of gas. When the block was broken, the thing still worked. I had food show up miraculously. God actually multiplied our food supernaturally, but that's not natural. That's not the way that God wants to do things. But because He loved me, we had these miracles happen, but only when I was in a crisis. And then as soon as the miracle came, it was temporary. And then the next time I was in crisis again. And I live from miracle to miracle and I live from crisis to crisis. I think this is where a lot of people are. There's a lot of people that will have uh, a sickness in their body and they may pray and they may get over it. They have the doctors deal with it or something, but it just keeps coming back because they have this systemic problem. They aren't cooperating with spiritual and natural laws. You know, in the natural, you have to take care of yourself. You have to exercise. You have to eat right and things like this. But there's also spiritual laws. A merry heart does good like a medicine. Honor your father and mother so that your days will be long upon the land. God's word is health unto all of your flesh, life to them that find it. There's spiritual laws and there's people that violate that and they live in worry. They're stressed out. I've read medical things that stress actually uh, depresses and stops an immune system. That if you live in depression, it makes you more susceptible to sickness. Now see, there's people that may live with stress and live in depression and because they love God, they pray. And when they get in a crisis situation, God will provide a miracle, but then they're going to have another problem. It's going to come back because they left the root in the ground. They aren't cooperating with God. They're depressed. When the Bible says that he'll keep us in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed upon him because he trusteth in him, Isaiah 26, 3. So there's spiritual laws that they're violating. And that's the reason that they're in the crisis situation. They believe God and they receive a miracle, but then they're in another crisis situation because they never dealt with the root cause. To operate in the blessing of God, you're going to have to start cooperating with the spiritual laws and physical laws in order to see a, a blessing manifest. You know, I have people all of the time talk about our building at our Karis Bible College, and people will often say, man, this is a miracle. You know, it was barren ground. There was nothing there. And now we've put in the infrastructure, the roads, all of the water, utilities, and people see that and they say, that's a miracle. It's not a miracle. You know what it is? It's a blessing. And some people say, well, why, why would you say that? Didn't God do it? Yes, God did it. But see, God can flow through a blessing. And this is actually the way he wants to meet your need. It would have been a miracle if just boom, all of a sudden these buildings would have appeared without us building it. Now that would be a miracle. It would have been a miracle if somebody that I've never ministered to and that, you know, I have no contact, I haven't put any seed into their life and they just came and gave me $70 million and stuff, that would be a miracle. That would be outside of the normal, the natural way of doing things. But did you know what? The, the buildings that we've built and all of this money that's gone out, it's a blessing because I, for decades, I've now been in the ministry for 48 years. And for decades, I have been giving, sowing the word. We have given a lot away. We've given away CDs, books, DVDs, just, I mean, directly to people through mail and through our meetings. And then when you consider my uh, website where we have free materials that we give to people, I have sown hundreds of millions of teachings into people's lives. And see, there is a blessing on that. 
God has said He would bless back to us, give, and it shall be given unto us, Luke 6, 38, and just many other scriptures. I have sown seed, and because of it, I'm reaping. And people that I've sown into their life are now sowing back into my life and into my ministry and enablements. But it is a blessing. I'm cooperating with the laws of God. Again, it would be a miracle if the buildings just miraculously uh, appeared or if somebody just that I've never ministered to, never seen, and they didn't know me and somehow they just sent the money directly to me. That would be a miracle. But no, this isn't a miracle. It's the blessing of God. And um, anyway, I'll teach more on that as we continue to get into this. But I'm trying to show you that there are two different ways of receiving from God. You know, the typical person, if I was to have two doors behind me and one of them said miracles and the other one said blessing, did you know most people would say, well, man, I'll take the miracles. They think, man, miracle, that's, that's awesome. Well, miracles are awesome, but they're temporary. They aren't as abundant as a blessing. And in order to have a miracle, you got to have a crisis because it is a superseding or a suspension of natural laws. And God's not going to suspend things that he said were good. He's not going to do, he's not going to provide for you outside of the normal way unless you're in a crisis situation. So actually you need to get to a place to where you need to say, Father, I pray that I never have to have a miracle again. Teach me your ways. Teach me how you want me to live so that I don't have to have a miracle. I don't have to have you work out of sight of the natural and spiritual laws. And instead, I have to have some supernatural intervention. You know, we ought to get to a place to where miracles are actually for other people. God uses miracles like a bell and it draws people to Him. They see this supernatural intervention of God. They see somebody just miraculously healed. You know, like in the Bible, the lepers that came to God as they went to the priest, they were just healed. I mean, it didn't heal gradually over, say, a month or two months or six months. It was, you know, the scripture talks about you lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Recovering is a blessing. But these lepers were miraculously healed. I mean, it's just instantly things were gone. Now, that's a miracle. And you know what? But they had to be in a crisis situation. They had to have this terrible disease and stuff, and God provided it. But what would you rather have? Would you rather get leprosy and suffer with leprosy and be on the point of death, and then you believe God and you miraculously get healed? Or would you rather just learn what the Word says and walk in the Word and never even get sick, never have leprosy, never have a problem? Well, I would rather just walk in divine health than do things that either afflicted my body, caused inroad for something, or mentally, emotionally allow sickness and disease to come in because of my depression and lack of faith and bitterness and hurt and unforgiveness. I would rather just learn the things of God and walk in divine health than live a life that allowed Satan to come and just buffet me and have all of these things and yet get a miracle from God and get set free. It'd be the same thing. Like I would rather just have the money in the bank that if I want a new car, I'd just go buy it. I'd rather do that than have to sit here and for a year or two years confess and believe. And then God just miraculously gives me a car. 
I'd rather walk in the blessing so that if I need somebody just so blessed, I can go get it rather than have to sit there for a year or two and pray and believe. And yet there are millions of Christians who don't understand the natural and the spiritual laws. They don't understand the blessing of God and they are just living from crisis to crisis. They have miracles happen. And even though that's wonderful, that's not God's best. God's best is for you to learn to walk in the blessing. Man, that's awesome. God wants to give you, bring you up to a new level. It ought to be that miracles are for people who are either don't know the Lord or haven't yet learned the things of God. And so God loves them and will provide things by miracles. But it's just a temporary way of God dealing with you. I don't know how many of you ever heard of Mel Tari, but I remember back in the maybe the 70s, he was probably the hottest thing in the body of Christ. They had a miracle revival in Indonesia. And I mean, they saw people raised from the dead. They saw people walk on water. They saw miracle, miracles, miracles happen. And he wrote a book entitled Like a Mighty Wind. And it was probably the number one seller for a long time. And then I heard him years later, he came back and he had written a second book, The Gentle Breeze of Jesus. And when I heard him speak, he said that in the first wave of this revival, miracles were taking place in this church constantly. Blind eyes were open, deaf ears were open. People were raised from the dead. And in this second book, he says, we hardly ever see a miracle in the church now. And when he first said that, I thought, oh man, that's a shame. This is typical. Revival has burned out. It's not going anymore. But he went on to say, he says, we see more miracles than we've ever seen, but they aren't in the church. He says the people in the church now are walking in the blessing of God and God is just keeping them healthy. They aren't even having the same problems. And now we see miracles out in the village and we use them to draw people. And this is what I'm trying to say, that we use miracles for unbelievers to demonstrate the power of God and for maybe believers who haven't yet learned the laws of God and don't know how to cooperate. And so we use miracles for that. But the best is to learn the ways of God so that you walk in the blessing of God to such a great degree you don't even have a need for a miracle. You say in the name of Jesus, I'm not going by what I see. I go by what the Word of God says. There's more than just this physical realm. There's also a spiritual realm. I don't care what this looks like. I know what God's Word says. I was told that I would always have severe asthma and food allergies. I was born missing the left side of my heart with a very small chance of living. The doctors indicated that I had a permanent brain injury and that I would never function in mainstream society again. I'm Tim McDermott, and my brother and I were told that we would never recover from autism. From a young age, I had several diagnoses, including Asperger's syndrome, dis-executive syndrome, and communication disorders. My brother James was diagnosed with autism before he turned three. For years, it seemed like we would never be normal. But then my parents stumbled across the healing journey of Hannah Teredes. A few weeks later, we went to Andrew's free Grace and Faith conference, where we were healed of autism. Today, 10 years later, I'm still walking in my complete healing, and I am not alone. I haven't needed my inhaler in years, and now I eat whatever I want. My heart grew back its missing piece, and the doctors cannot explain it. Today, I'm completely healed, and I get to teach God's truth about healing. Because people like you partnered with Andrew O'Mac Ministries, we have all been given our lives back. We cannot thank you enough for your generosity, but there are still millions of lives out there looking for the same truth that set us free. Will you help us bring this message to them?
The word needs to get out to change people's lives. Please consider a partnership. Please partner with this ministry, it's amazing. Please consider being a partner with this ministry. You know, you may not know these people, but I know every one of these people that you just saw them give a testimony. And I tell you, Jesus changed their life because of our partners. If you've not yet joined with us and become a partner, I ask you to pray about it and join with us today. Today you can get Andrew's teaching, Living in God's Best, in a hardback book for a gift of any amount when you contact us. I'd like to encourage you to get these materials that I'm offering. I've got this hardcover book on living in God's best. We've got a study guide, which is 475 pages. And this is specifically designed so that you can disciple other people in this. We've also got this book in Spanish. We've got a series that was recorded live, and then we have a CD set and a DVD set. But I tell you, this teaching on living in God's best is absolutely life-changing if you will listen to it and then heed it and act on it. So please check it out today. Andrew's entire series, Living in God's Best, is available as a book in either English or Spanish, as a DVD album made from our daily television broadcast, or as a CD or DVD album recorded live from a Gospel Truth seminar. You can also get this teaching as a companion study guide. The study guide will deepen your personal understanding and is perfect for home groups or Sunday schools. Each of these valuable resources are available for a gift of any amount when you contact us. This entire series is also available for audio download absolutely free from our website. Go to awmi.net to see all the ways you can get this teaching. The individual topic highlighted on today's broadcast is available as an audio CD for a gift of any amount when you write or call. We encourage everyone to give because there's a blessing in giving. But if you're simply unable to afford it, Andrew and his partners will provide today's teaching free of charge. You can become a Grace Partner or order resources through our website at awmi.net. While there, you can discover more product details and download additional free resources. Or you can call our helpline at 719-635-1111. Our helpline is open Monday through Friday, 24 hours a day, and Saturday and Sunday from 7.30 a.m. to 6 p.m. Mountain Time. To write us, use the address on your screen. We appreciate your generosity and hope to hear from you today. suspected of following the religious sect known as Christianity will be thrown to the lions.
On March 23, 1968, Andrew Womack received a dramatic revelation of God's unconditional love and grace. Since then, Andrew has shared this nearly too-good-to-be-true news with millions of listeners worldwide. With his daily television show reaching 4.4 billion people worldwide, Andrew's message is changing more lives than ever before. He's expanding the vision through Karis Bible College, which has already discipled thousands of students around the globe and continues to grow every year. To learn more about what God is doing through the ministry, visit awmi.net.